Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. My name is Promise, and you're listening to Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're so glad you could join us. But before we get into the Word, let's open up in prayer. Lord, just thank you for today. Just thank you for providing, providing us with everything that we need, Lord. And Lord, I also just thank you for just giving us your Word, Lord, so that we can know, so that we're able to use it, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We are excited that you're with us and that we get to discuss the Word together and all learn and grow, and not just in knowledge, but in relationship with our Lord and Savior. I'd like to thank you for joining us and thank those especially that have partnered with this ministry that have been such a blessing to us, whether that's through your prayers, through sowing into the ministry, or by liking, sharing, and subscribing on these episodes, on these platforms, with others. So that way, they too can have the opportunity to grow in knowledge and relationship with the Lord and Savior, but also that you are have partnered with us in helping and participating in the ministry, helping to fulfill everything the Lord has called us and you to do, which is to help build the Lord's house and to ensure that the, the gospel of the kingdom is taught and preached throughout the entirety, the four corners of the earth. So I just thank you for your your heart to the Lord and your willingness and to be obedient to him. With that being said, let's get into the word, shall we? Now this morning we're going to reread from Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. So can I get a volunteer to cover that section of scripture, please? I will. All right, Layla. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south, along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I, unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in scripture which he read was this, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at the scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. 
So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Amen. So, at this time, we're going to open up the floor and provide each of you the opportunity to share what the Holy Spirit's speaking and ministering to you, and of course, to ask any questions if you have them. So, who'd like to begin? I will. All right, LaCharles? Okay, a couple devotionals ago, we were talking about, um, we were talking about the various aspects of this, and Mr. Dean was referencing how there was a whole bunch, it was seemed to be a whole bunch of contradictions to what was happening, and what the Lord was showing me first was that, um, I, when Philip ran to overtake the chariot, the first thought that came to mind was when Elijah didn't, and he ran to go overtake Ahab, and I was considering that before the Lord, and the Lord showing that it was also supernatural strength to do it, because the chariots aren't going slowly. Mm-mm. They're not little five miles per hour go-karts. It's not like he was walking alongside and he overtook it. This took some running, like actual running to get up there. And how the Lord should show me that it was also, like Mr. Dean said, it was just divine because nobody tried to stop him when he ran past them, I guess. Like, if you ever think about, uh, logically, you'd say he'd be in the center and people would be around him. Mm -hmm. If we're just going by a logical standpoint, he just ran past everybody to go up to the chariot. And then the Lord was also showing me here was that when Philip arose and went immediately, it didn't say he stopped and packed food and got supplies, then went on his way. It said he left immediately. And it just reminded me of also when Jesus sent out the 12 disciples Mm -hmm. and... Um, Luke 9 and how they were told not to take anything with them and you can see that's the same is true here and it's even similar to when Jesus went out to the wilderness it didn't say Jesus fest had a feast right before he went out to strengthen himself no he went out and you can see that's the exact same thing that happened here so it was, I wasn't saying I'm not saying he was tempted by the devil but he was show the same characteristics and um, buffeting of the flesh that Jesus showed and not trying to prepare himself for what he had to do or take extra time. So, And also with that, the Lord was showing me was that it was also a trusting on Philip's part. He understood what was going to happen. And back to my reference to Luke 9, you can see it even at the end of the chapter when he went through all the cities, he still had nothing. It didn't say um, the Lord translated some baggage into his possession with food and stuff. He went out exactly like the disciples and did what they did when Jesus was with them. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great revelation, sir. I didn't say that Jesus sent them out and said, hey, pack a suitcase with a week's yes. worth of clothes or you pack some uh, some animals so you can take it with you, preserve them during the trip, right? Yes. Nope. Why? Why do you think that is? You mentioned trust. It's so that they trust the Lord for everything instead of becoming dependent on certain things. That he would provide. And one of the ways that he provided was through people, right? So yes. don't even take two tunics for yourself. Just take the one tunic. And 
Then it also said, search out, search it out and stay with someone reputable in the city. Right? Yes. So there was a trust that the Lord would even provide those people that would be of good reputation, but that also would receive them and take them in and, yes. and care and provide, right? That's the Lord. The provision first comes from the Lord. And many times he uses people, giving us the opportunity to participate in what he's doing. I just, if you allow me, Charles, to try to add some context that, that may help. We're not used to thinking about preparing to do something, right? If I'm, if I'm going to run up to the store, I can jump in my car and, yes. and go. Uh, to go into the desert, unprepared is pretty significant. So, Absolutely. I mean, to not take any water or prep some food or maybe something to cover your head with or whatever, which would have been a pretty standard practice of the times, mm-hmm. um, just, just because of the nature there wasn't going to be any provision there. There's, there's no uh, mini-mart to stop at on the way, you know, <laughs> in case you get thirsty or anything like that. So we just it got to bring it into a perspective of what it was like to live in those times. And to not preparing was, was, um, would have been con- considered foolish. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in all things, it's a matter of listening to the guidance that the Holy Spirit is giving. Do you remember when Elijah was running away and he was under the tree. Yes. Now the birds did bring um, bread and meat to him when he was by the brook and he could drink from the brook and all of that. But there was a time that came when the the brook dried up and I I suspect the birds stopped bringing food as well because the angel of the Lord showed up and said, hey, you're supposed to be going to your next destination. But before you go, eat this food because you won't have strength to make it. And he actually ended up running, you know, a significant amount of time off this, the angel cake is what I like to call it. And <laughs> the angel water and going, going to the next place that God had for him. So that in that case, God did say prepare and, and God gave him this a specific and special provision for that case. So it's not a matter of saying, I'm going to do you a favor, Lord. And, you know, throwing your hand up on your head and going, oh, I'm so, so dignity and refined that I'm going to forego, you know, the needed um, preparations that God is putting before you because you're, you're being pious and, and self-righteous. I was going to say, you your, mean self-righteous? <laughs> and in your own um, prescription of what holiness is, but it's about being in line and in step with God. And one of the things and one of the reasons why he said don't take tunics is because do you guys remember in Matthew chapter six, where he's saying, don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to put on. Don't worry about those things because your father has it. He's already prepared. He's taking care of these seemingly insignificant things that are involved with the world or in life. Don't you know that he'll care for you? So he was giving them insight and understanding and practice at following God and letting God be accountable and responsible for their their daily needs and sustenance and sustainment. Whereas previously they had been solely concerned and focused on taking care of themselves. How do you transition from being concerned about yourself to um, living a life of serving God? How does this look? How do you walk this out? What is this, this garden lifestyle that comes as a result of us having covenant relationship with Jesus Christ? How does it look like? How do you, how do you live in it? How do you walk it out? And that's by putting your trust in the Lord. So as you trust him, at no point do you lean either way to the right or the left and say, I have no need of this when God's saying, oh, yes, you do. You know, you, you keep your hand in his and you continue to walk and receive that guidance. 
Today, you might not need to take provision. Just run. You'll be there and God knows he's going to give you a supernatural ride to your next location. He knew that he was going to translate Philip and Philip was not going to have a need of any particular item or thing and that it would be prepared for. So God gave him instructions that were in accordance with what his plans already were for him. Right. Just like in Elijah's case, he knew the plans that he had for him. So he gave him guidance and instruction and assistance that were in alignment with what he had already foreordained and prepared. Go ahead, sweetheart. Ah, and then also another thing that the Lord's pointing out to me was that when Philip um, overtake the chariot, the Ethiopian was reading. It was, he wasn't reading silently like he was reading out loud, like he was reading to someone. And I found that interesting and a bit strange because normally if you're reading to yourself, I prefer to read in my head. And the Lord showed me that while um, Philip was needed for the Ethiopian to come into Christ, that does not stop the Lord from beginning to speak beforehand. And he mm-hmm. reminds me of uh, Saul later in chapter 9, how he didn't wait until Saul was uh, became a Christian to start speaking to him, but he spoke to him before that. So he didn't wait until Ananias arrived, yes. but he'd already spoken to him. Yes. As he does with everyone else, with literally everyone. He always comes to you first because the Lord's desire is a personal relationship with each and every person. Now, when we don't receive it or won't receive his word and what he's saying, then yeah, he, he sends someone else, right? Yes. But he always begins with us first. And, and that's, in that context, is usually regarding a way of correction. Yes. God likes to correct us privately with one-on-one, give us yes. at least a chance, and then he'll progress according to the, the, the standard and the metric that actually Jesus declared. Go to your brother one-on-one, and then if they won't hear, send another. So it's, it's like that, but Holy Spirit is speaking to us first in our heart, knocking on the door. And then if we don't hear, he sends other um, other opportunities for us to hear his word. Now, when it comes to the going forward with the Lord, like the eunuch here, he was using all the resources that he had at the time, and then God sent a preacher because that was how God wants to do that. Um, to send a preacher to preach the gospel. That's his system that he set up, his way of doing that. Dean, do you have something? Well, I think, uh, you know, when we look at the, the eunuch had come to worship. Mm-hmm. So we believe he, you know, at some, he was a non-Jew, but he was practicing the Jewish religion at some level because he'd mm-hmm. come to worship. So one, um, we hear God most when we come to worship, mm-hmm. right? Amen. We put him, when we put him in his right, in our hearts, we put him in the right place so that, um, you know, he inhabits our praises. It says that. The word's pretty clear about that. So, Amen. so he had a heart of worship towards the Lord, which softened his heart to hear what was being brought. So it sounds like he probably had a good knowledge. Or, we don't know. It doesn't tell us this, but he probably had a pretty decent knowledge of the Scriptures. And he was certainly a resourceful man because he had the Scriptures. So having a scroll was pretty significant in itself. So... Uh, now he got a fullness of that by his time and now he's able to go back to his hometown and make um disciples as well because now he's got the fullness of scripture that was given to him so he already had some scripture knowledge just in the fullness of it amen Mm -hmm. 
Oh. And how, um, if we continue to look at it, um, Mr. Dean, you're referring to how, um, in the first devotion, you, and you're referring to how there were servants with him, most likely. It's a logical conclusion that he had servants along with him when he was going back. Because of who he was and the status that they're showing us he had. Although, mm-hmm. as we say, the scripture doesn't say that. At the yes. very least, um, some people depict him as, a, you know, like riding a single chariot with a couple of horses. Been pretty hard for him to command those horses and manage a scroll to be reading it. So it's a safe yes. bet he, he at least had a driver with him. Mm-hmm. Yes. And how, if we continue to look at in reference to Paul and how with his, uh, his group of people that were with him, I'm not quite sure exactly what they were, but they also heard the word of the Lord and understood. And it was, though they didn't, I don't think they actually heard what um, Jesus was saying to Saul at that point to, like, it was one-on-one between them. But the Lord has also shown me here was that with it, as you were saying, Mr. Dean, he was listening to the Lord. And the Lord showed me that he already um, spoken to the Ethiopian that Philip was going to come. Because if you look back at also in Saul, he already knew what Ananias was going to do for him. Before he was saved, the Lord already said, this is what's going to happen and you're going to do this. And that's how it progressed. And the Lord showed me that's why he was not alarmed. He looked down and said, why don't you climb up here? That's just how I imagined it. Um, but the Lord showed me that he was already preemptive working on the Ethiopian and saying, okay, I'm sending somebody to come teach you about this. Um, I just, I was thinking of an example, I forgot what it was, of how the Lord said, I'm sending somebody to come teach you. Listen to him. Actually, no, that's also with Jesus. He said, this is my son. Listen to him. Mm-hmm. And how this is the same thing that's happened with the Ethiopian because the Lord does not change what he does. He was saying, okay, I'm sending my servant to come talk to you. Make sure you heed him. And it reminded me of how Paul was saying he actually had a list and he didn't just wait for the answer to his question. When Philip said, Jesus, he said, yeah, I got it. Just be quiet. He didn't do that, but he listened to the whole thing. It was a willingness to listen, not just to what his question was, but to the full explanation of what the scriptures meant. Mm-hmm. Amen. He had a heart that was prepared. To receive from the Lord. Yes. To hear. And he was expecting something. There was a level of expectation on the inside of him as well. Um, and expectation and faith can sometimes be um, used together or um, in the same regard as, as the same meaning. Uh, like, for example, the, the young man that looked at um, John and Peter that he expected to receive something. He had expectation. He had faith. He didn't necessarily know the fullness of what God would do, but he had an expectation to receive. And God said, ah, that's an open door for me because God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It doesn't matter what we think in our mind. It matters with how the Holy Spirit and how the Lord judges the situation. And he asked, they were talking about money and that says that the particular situation, those are the words that came out, but yet God used it as an open door to provide healing, which in itself, if you think about it, it does provide resources. So money could come by that because now this man can work. Now this man can go forward and live his life. So that is a providing of the resource that he was expecting, but it just didn't come the way that they thought with him going, you know, John and Peter giving out silver and gold coins 
or bars or a cloak or something of that nature, something tangible. They gave something spiritual that then led to the provision that the man was asking for. So God said, ah, there's an open door. I can heal and deliver this man because he's expecting to receive something. So you also see that same expectation in this eunuch, which was why, as you said, he wasn't alarmed. He didn't fight (laughs) Philip off first or, you know, right away when he was getting too close to him, things of that nature, even if he had stopped to sit down and read or whatever was going on or the chariot was riding by and he was holding his paper, whichever it was, there was a level of expectation that God said, I can use that. Now I'm going to bring salvation to this person. So when our expectation is towards the Lord, he can do any miracle. (laughs) He can do anything for us. So that's what I wanted to say. About that. Anyone else? All right. Well, let's pause there for today. And we will resume tomorrow. Just to give the listeners time for the, to search the scriptures, to allow the Holy Spirit to minister. And let's, let's stop there for today. Can I get a volunteer to close something in prayer, please? I will. All right, LaCharles. Lord, we just thank you for today, Lord. We just thank you that you continue to multiply your blessings on us, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you that you give us what we need in the moment, Lord, and that you provide it long before we think we need it, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you for your grace and your mercy, Lord, and that you see what's on the inside of us, Lord, and you cultivate that. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Lord, we love you. God bless you. and Have a wonderful day. We hope you've enjoyed listening to a Day of Prayers Morning Bible Study. This year, Pastor John and I are believing for 1,000 new partners to believe God with us and join in the work of the ministry. God is doing great things through a Day of Prayer, and we want you to be a part. If the Lord has placed on your heart to partner with us, please contact us online at adayofprayer.org. Click on the menu and select Partner. Complete the form, and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you again. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.